Welcome in, everybody, to the producer podcast on DenverSportsFan.com. I'm Colin Zaker, joined by Dante, the storyteller, Gomez, telling me about his travels around just before the show as we get started. Dante, how we doing? Welcome back to Colorado. I'm doing good, man. How you doing, Colin? Man, it's good. It's great to be here. We got the sun out today, so no complaints. And there is a lot to talk about here in the Mile High City. Biggest first and foremost thing just happened yesterday. Sean Payton is officially the Denver Broncos head coach. The Broncos have made the trade. They have swallowed the the trade pill and taken Sean Payton, which is their number two choice. Three choice? I think it depends who you ask, but I want to go back on something you said there. You said officially traded. I'm pretty sure it's not been official yet. I know it's been reported by, you know, the big guys out there, they, um, you know, Rappaport and uh, Brain Fart and the other guy's name. Uh, the main reporter, Schefter. 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 Oh, I was like, which ones are we talking about? Schefter. No, it's like the guy. I just couldn't remember his name for a second. Um, just overheard some people in uh, the fan talking there. I don't think it's official yet. The Broncos haven't come out and said anything. The NFL hasn't come out and said anything. So while, you know, I would say it's 99% chance it is there, eh, maybe, maybe the door's open just a little bit. Are you saying that the Broncos could get Josh McDaniels? Maybe. I'm just saying that nothing official has come out yet. Nothing, uh, nothing official, but Broncos Twitter did put out a, uh, a visor picture. Right after, you know, that kind of a, a little nod to uh, Sean Payton. I think that they can't become official until after the season is over. No, uh, it could be official right now. With uh, with the trade, okay, because I knew the D'Amico Ryan's thing was still waiting too. No, D'Amico Ryan's t- today. He- till their, well, till their season was over. So I didn't know with with how it, the free agent part worked because technically he's like a free agent or something. Yeah, no, no, no. D'Amico Ryan's was announced today. He had his press conference today. He actually dissed the... Uh, the Broncos a little bit. I don't know if you saw oh, that. Did he? No, I no. That. He said one of the questions was you know asking about Denver, and he goes something about like you know no disrespect to Denver, but it's not close. I was going. I I always wanted to come to H Town. Okay, so a little, little shot at Denver. It's not close. Like so, he wanted to go home. I mean, sometimes there, there's a song. There's plenty to talk about. Sometimes there's no place like home. And D'Amico Ryan's went home, you know, it's been talked about his family's there. He's building a house there. So it does make sense, even though if not from a football standpoint here in Denver, does it make sense to go to the Houston Texans, which all anyone who's watched uh, the NFL and the Texans the last few years is they've just fumbled every opportunity from the DeAndre Hopkins trade to the Bill O'Brien situation to Deshaun Watson, things have been fumbled all around there, it feels like. So, yeah, I think that was a lot of, <coughs> excuse me, um, I think the Texans actually were a little bit better than you th- imagine because they actually went to the playoffs four years straight with Bill O'Brien. I think Bill O'Brien, the coach, is fine. I think Bill O'Brien, the GM, is the problem. The, yes, agreed. It is the GM problem, and that, that's why Bill O'Brien is actually such a good fit going back to New England. I think so, too. I think he's be really – I got the official quote here, by the way. So, D'Amico Ryan's on asked about the Denver Broncos interested in. He goes, we're thankful for the Broncos. It, wasn't a dif- it was not a difficult decision to come to H-Town. It was very easy. I think – Do you take that as a shot or no? I don't think that's a shot. I think that's – I was coming home. This is where I wanted to be all along. I'm happy to be here. No one else has my heart like Houston. That That's what I think he's saying. 
You know, I bet Sean Payton comes out and says one of the similar things when he talks about the Broncos when that officially happens. That, you know, there were teams interested, but Denver was the best fit. It was it was the one that was the easiest choice for me to make with everything out there. I, I bet there's something yeah. similar in that aspect because usually it's like, usually their choice is an easy one at the end. You know, it's the, the other decisions that they're going to have to make, which we'll get into as far as bringing in people that are going to be the more difficult ones, picking and choosing who to keep and who to, uh, who's, who's out of Denver. But usually I feel like when coaches come into a situation, they make it feel like it was their number yeah, one. Yeah, they want to rave about the city and the team that they went to. I, I will – I do have a question about that. Do you think it's the money why Sean Payton's here or the football reasons? Because I do think there might have been other football – better football fits than uh, Denver. I agree. So I think it had a lot to do with the money. I, I do. Really do. And, and also, though, it has to be a team that the Saints were willing to make a trade with, too, who would offer. Because are there any other teams right now? I mean, Arizona still has an opening, and Indy still has an opening. I think Arizona was a real possibility. I mean, he had that seven-hour interview in Arizona. Yeah. Arizona also has a better draft position where they can trade. But did the but did the Cardinals want to give that pick up to the, to the Saints? So, no. What I heard from some inside people, was it would not have been this year's first. It would have been this year's second, which is pretty much equivalent, actually, to what the Broncos' first is this year Mm -hmm. because they have you know the third pick in the second round and then maybe next year's first-round pick. uh, And that's a a lot better trade bait than what Denver just gave up. I mean, it could be. We don't – nobody's sitting here knowing what the Broncos' record is going to be next year at this moment in time. What do you mean it could be? I think it it has to be, no? Because you're what, you're five picks behind from what this year's... Denver's first round to Phoenix, Arizona's second round pick yeah. this year, about like five, six picks difference. And then if you also throw in another first next year, I think that's automatically trumping whatever the Broncos gave up. Yeah, but you but you can't you can't guarantee that. And right now, yeah. Even if paper, they won the Super Bowl, that. it's yeah. the 32nd pick. But is, you know, is that definitive? Because this is definitive in stone that this is what's getting sent to the Saints for the Broncos. So, I mean, there are talks that that's what they were offering. Maybe maybe it wasn't even that. Maybe they weren't quite willing to give that up. Maybe it was yeah. two seconds. You know, because first you had to find someone to dance with as the Saints organization. You had to find someone that would dance and pay your price. And the Broncos, yeah, the first rounder isn't a high first rounder because we all know what happened with San Francisco over this past weekend. It's going to be the 28th or 29th pick. I, I don't know the final one, but it's one of those two, obviously, after this last weekend. So you had to find two partners, and yeah, the money is one. And it's funny that you asked if it's the money or the football because Sean Payton, I was watching the pregame show with Sean Payton on there. He's wearing his orange tie, and they're talking about quarterbacks and the four quarterbacks who played over this past weekend. His comment was, no team has ever won a championship with a max-paid quarterback. I thought when he said that, that there was no way on Sunday that he was coming to Denver, that he was foreshadowing that he doesn't believe that it can happen. Now I'm reversing that course and thinking that he wasn't foreshadowing. He was setting that up to prove that he is a good enough coach to buck that trend and say that I am the first coach who can win with a max quarterback. It was so off the wall. It really caught me off guard. I think he believes he can fix Russell Wilson. There's potential on this team. We've argued about the wide receivers before, uh, definitely off air. 
and, and my thoughts on where this wide receiver group sits in comparison to the rest of the NFL. But Dante, do you, is, is Sean Payton, is he going to be able to scheme up this offense to a point where they can hide some of the inadequacies within that offensive, you know, within the offense? Because he's worked with short quarterbacks before. I, I think so. I think so. We didn't even get first takes on this, but I think Sean Payne was a home run hire. I think it was a great hire. I I was just thinking more of, you know, I thought he came here for the money a little more than the football fit because I do think it's not the best football situation going in. You're talking about fixing kind of some of those holes on the Broncos. I think we're going to see a very different Russell Wilson next year. I think it'll be a better Russell Wilson. I'm also a little worried about the whole trend was we want to run the ball more. We want to do a little, you know, play action, defense, that kind of stuff. That's not really Sean Payton's bag either, though. Sean Payton was kind of shotgun, spread it out, kind of pick your areas and, you know, move the line of scrimmage, get out of the pocket a little bit, which I do think Russell Wilson does need. So I do think Sean Payton, it'll be interesting to see that mesh of we kind of, everyone kind of wants the Broncos to run the ball. I don't know if Sean Payton necessarily is that kind of guy. I think he was more of an air it out dome team, which again, I also think Arizona would have been a better fit for that, for air, like high points, move the ball around you know, run up and down the field. So I'm not really sure Denver is the city you want to be doing that in anyway. But I think he's going to be able to fix some of those holes. I think the rece- I think he's going to make Jerry Judy look incredible next year. I really think he's going to get the most out of Judy. I think the tight ends are going to be good between Dulcich and whoever else they bring in or if they bring in Albert O back. I'm not sure if he's a free agent or not, but I think he's going to, you know, get it done with what he can. O-line is still a question mark, so mm-hmm. I think they will have to, you know, figure that part out, but... I think on the offense, he's gonna, he's gonna. I, I, Zach By said this. He's a high, high floor coach. Yeah. Meaning, I don't know what the peak is. I don't know if it's Super Bowl. I don't know if it's playoffs. But the floor, it, we know what the floor is. It's six, seven wins, eight, maybe eight wins. The floor, like the absolute bottom. So, I think he'll be able to improve the offense, the defense. It'll be interesting to see. We haven't got to that yet, but it'll be interesting to see who he brings in on the defensive side of the ball. But I think the offense is going to be, you know, night and day compared to last year. I think even with a, a you know a beat up O line like we had last year, I think he'll be able to hide some of that. And I do think I, I really do think Judy's going to have a monster year. So so Judy is one of those matchup guys that I that I mentioned or, or that I was talking about with the being able to scheme up because one thing that Sean Payton did do in uh, in New Orleans was he found the right matchups and. Usually it, it could be a Mark uh, a Marquez Colston. It could be a Darren Sproles. He always found that weak spot. You know, there's he had guys like Michael Thomas there. Judy is athletically very very gifted, and so it's up to Peyton to find those mismatches and get him set up in the right scheme. So I agree that Judy will be the main focus of this. Nobody knows how Javante Williams is going to come back. Nobody knows how any player is going to return off of injury. It's assumed that Garrett Bowles is the starting left tackle for this team. But he's coming off of an injury. You know, all all things point to a lot of question marks, as you mentioned, on the O-line. But I have to go back to what you said. It is a home run hire for me. Watching the Broncos, this is a stabilizing hire. This is a hire for the Denver Broncos to say, we got the we got the big name coach. He's not going to get fired in one year. The Broncos 
it is impossible for them, basically no matter what happens this year, unless it's some sort of controversy, for them to go out and fire Sean Payton in, in one year. They can't do that again. They have to let Sean Payton try and stabilize this ship and what's happened with the Broncos recently. So I see it as an opportunity to be a home run, and I like what you said about the high floor. But I feel m- much more like this is stabilized. He's here for a few years. I don't, I don't think he's a 10, 15-year coach as a Denver Bronco. I don't think that's what he wants. It's not what I've seen him do before. You know, he, he was in he was in New Orleans, but once it got tough after it was good, he was gone. So I kind I of think he was a little burnt out in that situation, too. I think he lost his quarterback, and I don't think he wanted to wait to get another quarterback. I do think that had to play a role in it. And I think you just, you know, your voice only can go you can only, you know, have a voice in the locker room for so long before it just becomes noise, I think. So I will say I think his leaving New Orleans had a lot to do with other stuff outside of just the football. But I, I know what you're saying, you know. Yeah, and so that's why I feel like this is just to steady the ship, get things right again. And maybe maybe it does go really good. That's why I like the high floor. You know, the opportunity is there. But as as a Broncos fan, I'm also kind of at that point where after, you know, a year of getting Russell Wilson and multiple years of just mistakes who I know were not on this new regime. It's kind of okay. I'll believe you when you show me something different. And so I have to see it on the field. I think that's a good point for them to be at, though. I really do. I think last year you get Russell Wilson and you should assume, oh, playoffs. You assume maybe running for the AFC West, all, you know, yada, 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 whatever you think this team's going to do. But everyone was talking these massive expectations where I think this year it's a lot more grounded in terms of what, people are expecting out of the Broncos, which I think is only good for them. I think those high expectations, it's one of those where like you're you're just built to fail at that point. If the expectations are that high, it's not that's not where you want to be. So Well not not to start off a, a tenure because it's hard to reach those expectations. Exactly. So <laughs> you, I do you think build those and you and you earn that expectation. I do think what we went through last year is going to help a lot tamper those expectations and kind of let let them build it ground up, which is how you want to build a football team is, you know, give them some time. Maybe this year they're right on the edge of the playoffs. Maybe they make it in, lose first round, and then it's something to build on though. It's not right away, oh my gosh, we're in a Super Bowl window, which I think is a good you know, set the bar a little lower than where we were a year ago. Yeah, there, and there are there are very few teams who really just turn that corner and make that happen right away. Before we go into the defense and some of the other uh, the coaches and what's happening there, we started talking off with trades. What we need to realize, what Broncos country needs to realize, is that. So the Broncos did trade away a second round pick next year, but they right now they still have 10 draft picks in next year's draft. The offensive line we mentioned is an issue without a first round pick and with I believe they still have, they have five they have five picks right now this this upcoming draft. That's not a lot of opportunity for this team to really improve in the second rounds and later. So there are teams now with Tom Brady retiring Tampa Bay looks like they're going to be on a fire sale. That this is really, Sean Payton is secured in. George Payton needs to do his magic in this draft. So would you like to see them get rid of some of those picks? You're saying there's not a lot of them, but are you interested in maybe trading some of those away? 
in this year's draft, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's a lot of value in this year's draft where the Broncos are drafting and what they have left. Um, you know, with the picks that they have, there's opportunities like that first one in the second round. I believe the Broncos need to keep, and even possibly if they can move into that 32nd spot in the first round, you know, bump up a few spots and do that. There's just not a lot of value that they have right here, and it's up to George Payton to find some gems. And that's going to be in the draft class or through free agency. But the draft is going to be tough this year. Next year's opportunity with the draft, they have 10 draft picks. That's a, that's a real opportunity to build a foundation. So for the Broncos to have some continuity within management, I fully believe that George Payton has to really nail this draft and get a stud or two with limited possibilities to stay around. You know, we've talked about how Sean Payton or, or Greg Penner has talked about how Sean Payton is reporting directly to him. It's kind of, you know, Sean Payton's the GM and and uh, and and George Payton is now, you know, an assistant GM again in a way. So I really believe that, like I said, the stabilizing force and having Sean Payton here means that they have to nail like three, three out of the five picks have to be good. And that's that's asking a lot because you're still drafting fifth sixth round and later so what would you like to see out of that like starters pro bowler like what do you what do you consider you gotta for get them one to starter them? you you have to at least get one bona fide starter out of this draft that's, that's good not a starter on the offensive line because you need offensive line help you need a guy who is good you know a possible you know five ten year starter on that offensive line it's a heavy ask but it is but that that's that's why george payton gets paid the big bucks because he's got to find that guy and find a way to make it work that that's one of the biggest things the Broncos need help, or it is at splash in free agency. Like I said, Tampa Bay is going to be on a fire sale. They're fifty five million over the cap. Their their quarterback is gone. There's going to be some other teams, and there there will be some names. Not not often do offensive linemen get let go, at least good ones. But George Payton, if he wants to stay here for the tenure, Sean Payton needs to do that this year because next year with those ten picks, you can afford to miss once or twice with ten picks. You know. But with five, you got to hit. It really goes into that. Yeah, I just think it's going to be tough because they don't have a lot of premium picks. So, you know, down the road a little bit. But I, I, don't, I don't know if I have the same expectations. I think that would be nice. I think that's kind of a, a wishful thinking. But I just don't know if that's quite realistic for where the Broncos are drafting. Well, but, that, but that's what you need from your GM. Is it, well, is yeah, that, but I mean, 31 right? other teams are saying the same thing. It's not as easy. No, there's a reason there's not a lot of stars you find in those late rounds. Yeah. No, I, I fully I fully agree. But this is where Peyton's, you know, everything's on the line for him, for George Peyton right here. Yeah, George Peyton. Because this is this is his chance to make up for those mistakes that were that, you know, happened. Whether whether you agree I mean, most people agree now that signing Russell Wilson to that contract was a mistake and it all signs point to that being George Peyton's doing in a lot of ways. Um, the trade necessarily itself still kind of yet to be determined if it, if everything goes like last year for us, then yeah, that, that trade was terrible, but seeing what Sean Payton can do, bring him in here. TBD. We got to see what happens. Another thing that is yet to be determined is the Broncos defensive coordinator. And there were signs. Everyone was talking earlier this year or earlier this offseason on how Vic Fangio and Sean Payton were tied at the hip. And, 
even Jim Harbaugh and Fangio were tied at the hip for he was going to be one of their defensive coordinators. Well, Vic Fangio is a Miami Dolphin. He will not be making his return with his meatballs to Denver. What does that mean for this defensive coordinator position? Is it Ichiro Evero? Is it someone new? Where do you see this uh, the the rest of the coaching search filling out? Because this wasn't a very good team last year, but the defense was. Yeah, I think if I'm Evero, I wouldn't want it. I would try to get a fresh start somewhere else because it's one of those where you're not Sean Payton's guy. Yeah, you maybe you are the coordinator next year, but and I heard you know they had a meeting today or yesterday. I want to say or they are going to meet whatever, but. I wouldn't want it if I'm Evero. And I I, re, I fully respect him trying to interview for the Falcons DC job earlier this offseason. I kind of thought it was messed up that the Broncos didn't let him go interview for that. I Truly, I, I didn't like that move by the Broncos. Because in all honesty, most likely he's not back here. So at least let him try to find another job. So, yeah, well, yeah. And I mean, he is... The Broncos obviously like what he did. Yeah, no, and but, I thought he was great for them. I yeah. just think he's not... Sean Payton's guy, and it's one of those where, again, maybe this year it works out, but year from then, Payton wants to bring in his own guy, or you know, going gets tough a little bit. Payton, it's a quick leash, I think. And if I'm ever, I wouldn't want that. I think there's something to having a good workplace environment, and I just don't think you can fake that. And I don't think that's a possibility with their relationship being forced. I, I okay, I agree with you to a point that he is not Sean Payton's guy. That he also had the, you know, that not being able afforded the opportunity to go pursue something else sucks. But it's also what you signed up for. You know, when you sign that contract, that if you cannot go laterally unless a team allows you to, and this isn't the first instance of a team not allowing someone to interview for the same position with another team. Now he had the opportunity to interview for the head coaching vacancy in, he went to Indy and Arizona, I believe, for both of those interviews. You're allowed to move up, but that's part of being an NFL head coach. They're not going to allow you to move laterally if a team doesn't want you to. I mean, it, no, and I get which, that, which, and which they're it. the one paying the, you know, their names are on the checks for Israel Evero, so I understand the, I understand where they're coming from. I just think, realistically, he's, he will not be back, or if he is back, who knows for how long it's going to be, and I think he should have had the right to try to see what else is out there, and... You know, if he does go somewhere else, that kind of lets the Broncos off the hook too. That way, they don't have to pay him. So, well, and this is where I go with it: is that if I'm Ichiro Evero, and I'm looking at Sean Payton, you know, I wasn't handpicked by you, Sean. I know. I did these things with this defense. If I'm Sean Payton, I go up to him and say, "Yeah, you did that with that defense. Could you imagine what's going to happen when our offense is scoring 27 points a game?" No, and that's true. I, if and I'm how Sean much Payton, better you'll look when teams are playing from behind and you can unleash Draymond Jones and DJ Jones and you can unleash these guys and let them go wild. Yeah, and I, I, I do think he would be great to be bring back. I just don't necessarily see that happening just with – I feel like football is a big relationship. It's kind of – you know, it's a little boys club they always talk about. Mm-hmm. So I just don't – I don't know. I, I would like to see him come back. I just don't see Sean Payton bringing him back. I just don't see that happening. Going back to the Vic Fangio stuff, though, I think that would have been an interesting dynamic bringing him back. I don't know. I can't think of anything on top of my head of going from head coach to coordinator for the same franchise. Um, I know it is new ownership, but I still can't think of any situation of that actually happening. So 
That would have been interesting. I think it's a great get for Miami. I think him and Mike McDaniel are going to be great down there because Mike McDaniel is not very involved on the defense. No. And Vic Fangio is not very involved on the offense. So it's kind of like they're going to have their own little territories and they're not going to really have to overlap much. And Vic Fangio has proven he's a great defensive coordinator. I don't think there's a lot of question marks about that. So I think it's a great get for Miami. I would have liked to see him here. I think that would have been an interesting dynamic too again. So... I don't know. I don't know if there's a, a, a right answer where it's like I feel 100% great getting this guy. See, I don't. I think the dynamic would have been interesting, but the simple fact you said it. He was a former coach coming back to be a DC in the same building, not more than a few years later. I, Fangio would probably get lost trying to find which new office is his. <laughs> he was so used to going to the head coach's office for so long and doing things his way. I think as a, the Sean Payton era starts, Fangio, not that it would have been a bad necessary hire. I think it would have been the wrong one. Just you're trying to get rid of this stink of the last few years. I think it would have been a new precedent. Yeah, I think it would have added dis- unnecessary distractions. I think media people would have, you know, tried to ask about it a lot. And yes. they would try to make it a narrative that maybe necessarily doesn't have to be a narrative. No, fully, fully agreed. And, and that's something that this Broncos team, there's been so much going on around them as far as the you know we talked before the show i said about extra noise the extra noise around the denver broncos the last few years has been just it, it's been russ it's been a first time head coach and what are you learning what do you what's this what's that the questions would be unbearable to go through because it would try and become a narrative because it would be like, is there a power struggle between you two? Is there the Broncos don't need that. Sean Payton needs to be the guy. And like I said, that stabilizing force for a few years for the Broncos. I think so too. I think Sean Payton, great hire. I just I don't quite I, I don't know if it quite matters who they bring in for DC. I think there's obviously better people than others, but to me there's not a hundred percent yes, that is the guy. Yeah. I, at least right now. So I think no matter what, it'll end up being okay. Whoever they, whoever Sean Payton decides to bring in is his guy. So I think it's a waiting game. I'm excited to see who it is when he does announce it. So hopefully we'll know that by the time. I don't know how long. That's usually fairly quick, right? Well, yeah, because of the draft and all, all the bowl ga- or um, excuse me, the uh, the college the college games, the mm-hmm. the Shriners, this, all those bowls are, or games are happening right now. So you got to realize what your philosophy is and be looking at the correct guy. So it's got to be sooner exactly. than later. So do you think we'll know, you know, by next week? I would, I would like assume middle so. of next week, like sometime, I think. Well, I, I would assume that very, cl- not, maybe not next week, excuse me. I would say very soon after the Super Bowl is over okay. would be the time. I, I don't think it waits much like that Wednesday. If we don't know by that Wednesday, something is going on. Mm-hmm. And maybe that really means that Sean Payton was set on having Fangio as his DC. And that was it. And there really is a lot of trouble with Evero in Denver. If we don't hear by right after the Super Bowl, like I said, by Wednesday that week, then there's issues. There's trouble in paradise. I guess we're going to call this paradise. Yeah. Um, you know, par- paradise when it's not negative seven degrees. Well, okay. I wasn't even going that. I was, saying, <laughs> I was thinking football paradise as well because I don't know if I would call Denver football paradise there, there, at the there moment. Were, there were years where this was a football paradise. Oh, well, those, yes. Those are long gone not, right now. Not at the moment. I would not consider it that. Hey, and actually, I got to go back. Now I remember one thing. You said that the you were talking about the ability to score points. I mean, this this in in Denver earlier in Sean Payton's office, 
you got to remember, I know Russell Wilson is not Peyton Manning. Do not take this as a comparison. The Broncos set the record for most points scored at a mile, you know, in the NFL. Granted, like I said, they had the best regular season quarterback ever in Peyton Manning and an unreal dynamic offense. But they did. They were up and down the field. No, they were they were scoring so a lot of points. Don't slouch on the opportunity for this offense to be very very productive. No, in Denver. I don't know. And you see, like you know, the Packers with Aaron Rodgers score a lot no. of points. They're an outdoor cold weather team, so it can happen. It's just when you think of high scoring offenses, you usually think of think a dome of team. Yes. So that's where I was kind of going with that, and I think. You know, Sean Payton coming from a dome team kind of, you know, matches up with that. So, no, I'm not saying they can't score a lot of points. It's just hard to imagine. Maybe it's just, you know, the last five years have, you know, <laughs> burned me. But it's hard to imagine the, a Broncos team scoring a lot of points. Oh, ain't no doubt about it. I mean, I, I don't know how many games the Broncos went without getting to 20 points. But Too many. the the, the, the under, under 20 was always a uh, good idea and uh Good thought on the Broncos games because they have not been able to put a lot of points up on the board recently. Well, points being scored. That did happen over this past weekend as the Super Bowl is set. It is the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles who walked, knocked Brock Purdy out and walked into the Super Bowl. Whereas the Chiefs and the Bengals went down to the last Second, last few plays going into this Super Bowl. People have talked about how the Eagles have had such an easy road to get there. You can't help who you play. The Chiefs have gone through some ups and downs, especially after last season. The Chiefs start off really slow, but they're back again. Their receiver situation, I heard today, McCole Hardman probably will not be playing as of right now. There's still a week and a half left or just under a week and a half. So seeing this play out going into this game as the Eagles will take on the Chiefs, are the Eagles the better team? I think 1 through 53, yes. I think that's hard to argue. Again, we spoke last week, and to me it was Eagles-Niners, two of the best rosters in football. Yeah. So I think 1 through 53, no doubt about it, they are the better team. I think where the Chiefs make up for that is their superstar. I think Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts, not really too comparable in my head. No. I think Travis Kelsey and... Goddard. Well, I wasn't even going to go Goddard. I was going to even say, like, A.J. Brown. Oh, okay. Like, just in terms of, like, weapons. Like, I don't think I would really even compare those two. I I think Travis Kelsey's on another level. So I think that D-line is... Mean, I think the Eagles D line is you know up there too. I think you know obviously obviously they're up there. They set you know like I think the third most sacks of all time in the NFL in a single season. So yeah, they have four or five some, players with double digit sacks. Yeah, there's some dogs over there, and so I think I think we're in for a great Super Bowl. I think you can say one through fifty three, the Eagles do have the advantage, but in terms of coaching, I think Andy I would take Andy Reid scheming up stuff over Nick Sirianni, and I would take Patrick Mahomes, and I would take Travis Kelsey. So. I lean Chiefs right now at the moment, but that Eagles team is, they just seem like they're on a mission and they just, they're mean. They're mean up front on both sides of the ball. That O line is incredible. It'll be interesting to see how, see how that, you know, neutralizes with the Chiefs D line because they do have some guys on the D line that can get after the quarterback. They proved that, you know, last week against Joe Burrow. So I think we're in for a good one, which should be fun. I think it might be a little bit more low scoring than maybe people are expecting. I think both teams are going to be in the 20s. Okay. I don't think either. I don't think any team gets a thirty. I think it'll be like a twenty-six, twenty-three, something like that. I, you know that it's 
The Eagles have scored. Uh, th- I mean, their first round I know was against the New York Giants, but that was thirty-eight to 38. seven. Yeah, you know the Eagles. The Eagles can put up points. They have secondary but, yeah. for uh, for the Chiefs is kind of suspect, especially and uh, if uh, Willie Gay, right? Uh, he got hurt in uh, he got hurt in the game last week, and he missed the whole second half of it. So if he's out. If he's out for this game with those receivers and those options, watch out for these Eagles to really fly. They haven't – I understand you're saying that. They haven't really thrown the ball. I know they haven't needed to throw the ball. No. So, But I think there's something to – sometimes you need to like have your back against the wall. It's hard to just have your back against the wall for the first time. So I think if at some point this during the Super Bowl, if the Eagles need to you know go down there and have a two-minute drive – I don't. I haven't seen it in a very long time where they needed to do that, and they've done that. I think when they, it's easy for them, they excel. When they're running the ball, it's early in the game. You know, they're mixing in the runs and the passes and everything. Then the balls to their playmakers. I think that's they're really good at that. I just haven't seen Jalen Hurts need to drop back, pass the ball, and pass the ball successfully. But that's because they haven't had to. No, and, exactly, and that, yeah. that's good on them because they have what the Eagles have done. This is. The Eagles are one of the better teams I've seen in a long time because you can talk about their competition, but they also beat their competition into submission. Yeah, no, they, they did. They don't stop, and that is a characteristic of a, a championship team. You know, they're, they would look at the Avalanche last year. They didn't stop. They didn't turn it off. You know, there there's Tom Brady's years in the NFL. Never wanted to stop scoring, and... You see that characteristic with this Philly team. I, I fully agree. I give the edge as far as pure quarterbacking to Mahomes. But overall, with the ability, Jalen Hurts, especially if Mahomes is hurt, his ability to get out and avoid like Chris Jones and the rushers for Kansas City could be the real big difference maker in freeing up some more time. But Kelsey, Kelsey is the ultimate weapon. He is the best offensive weapon, non quarterback wise, in this game. I agree. Yeah, I, th- I would take him over AJ Brown. I mean, I think the combination of AJ Brown and Devontae Smith probably trumps Kelsey. And that's what I was gonna say. You still got to cover the other two. <laughs> no, I know, and they got weapons everywhere. So I'm just a little worried about Jalen Hurts. I don't. He's had a great season. I just have yet to see him. I've yet to see them win a game because of Jalen Hurts, which hopefully they don't need to. And you yeah. know. We'll see when we get there, but this Chiefs team's not going to go down easily. They're not going to be – it's not going to be as easy as it's been for them, and sometimes be, going through the struggle helps you before you get to the final boss at the I, end. I agree. I agree with that. But you say you haven't seen Jalen Hurts win a game for them. You did in a roundabout way because when Gardner Minshew was in there, this team was still competitive. But, but when, you see but when, when Jalen Hurts is in there, they are dominating. But they you are see him that yeah. crap out of the other teams. So you've seen Jalen Hurts and his difference because, like I said, this team is competitive. But with Jalen Hurts, they're a different animal. Yeah, but they win those. They won those games with every pretty much every game I've seen them win. They've won in the first three quarters. Yeah, which yeah, that's awesome. But I don't see the Super Bowl going that. I don't see them being up fifteen in the third quarter. Okay, I I, I don't. I see it being a close game. 
And in a close game, that kind of worries me. That I don't know if Jalen Hurts. I haven't seen it. Yeah, That's all well, I'm saying. Yeah, you haven't seen it. And you until, haven't seen and, him win in a close game. And and we have seen Patrick Mahomes unfortunately do that for the last five years. Win win game after game, close or blowout. Exactly. So I just trust him more, and and that's fully you know I that is fair. I just feel like this Jalen Hurts. Nobody knows if the sh- if if the stage is going to be too big until they're there. And, and I don't even know if that's necessarily a stage to be too big. I just have not seen him win a close game. It could have been in the first round of the playoffs. They just they kind of cruise. I know they haven't needed to, but they just kind of cruise early. And they Daniel Jones. Wasn't throwing the ball around the yard, which, you know, maybe, you know, chicken of the egg. Was it the defense or was it Daniel Jones? Yeah. Whatever you want to give it to. Second round, or in the conference game, you see Brock Purdy get injured. You know, he actually wasn't bad when he was, you know, early, and then he goes down. Yeah. Completely changes that game. Josh Johnson has a turn. I think it was Josh Johnson. Yeah, Josh Johnson had a fumble right they away. He had the fumble. Okay, okay. I can remember if he was the fumbler or if it was someone else. But regardless, he goes in that game. He was nowhere ready to be playing in that game. He should not be in the conference championship ever. So I just am a little worried that they haven't truly been tested. And yeah, it's easy to cruise when you're everything's going well. But I'm just worried that you know some at some point in that game it's not going to be going well. And I'm excited to see how they respond. Yeah, and, and you know we'll. We'll figure out how they respond in, you know, just about, uh, what was that, 12 days, 10 days, 10 days away or so from today. It will be the Super Bowl, and uh, Philadelphia and Casey will take our, our fa- matchup in Arizona, which I know you'll be down there for some other things. So as we wrap up uh, this producer podcast, Dante, I wish you safe travels as you go. Uh, enjoy your time down there. I know it's not specifically for the Super Bowl, but enjoy. Yeah, it'll be all the festivities. I'm going down more, check out the golf tournament, get some nice weather when I'm down there. So should be fun. But no, I'll be excited if, you know, somehow maybe run into a ticket that would have hey, complained. Sometimes you never know what's going to happen and who you're going to run into, especially at one of these events. And who knows? If you're down there, you might run into Dante, the world traveler, Gomez at some point in time. As, as, <laughs> Den- Denver to Phoenix, okay. very world traveler. Okay. The Southwest traveler, <laughs> Dante Gomez, as he uh, heads down to Phoenix. But really appreciate it, Dante. And uh, that'll do it. That's a wrap. Is we will take off uh, for Denver Sports Fan uh, on DenverSportsFan.com. This has been the producer podcast. I'm Colin Zanker, and that's Dante Gomez. We'll see you next time.